Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Movie Geeks United. If you're a movie fan, or just a casual observer of pop culture happenings over the past 35 years, then you know the work of acclaimed composer Alan Silvestri, even if you don't realize you know it. His legacy of unforgettable themes includes Forrest Gump, Back to the Future, Castaway, Romancing the Stone, Practical Magic, and Predator, just to name a few. For much of this decade, global audiences have also enjoyed his work on some of the most successful movies of all time, Marvel's Avengers franchise, including this year's concluding installment, Avengers Endgame, a hugely ambitious score that maximizes all of Silvestri's unique gifts as a film musician. Recently, we were able to share 15 minutes with Mr. Silvestri, and we discussed the intricacies of composing Endgame, as well as one of his most iconic collaborations with director Robert Zemeckis. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Mr. Silvestri. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very good. It is a tremendous honor uh, for me to have an opportunity to speak with you. I've, I've, I've waited for this for a long time, so I'm first of all, thank you for giving me time today. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. It's, it's good to talk to you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Endgame uh, right off the bat here. Uh, you have written a lot of, of music for, for this series of films, and this film in particular. W- what's the total running time of the, the Endgame score? Um, score. I, I don't have an exact number, but I know we recorded over 200 minutes of music. Wow. Uh, so I'm curious was, when... Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Please go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was, I, that, I, I, I was just catching my breath with the very thought of over 200 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but w- when, you, when you write that much material for, for a film, is it, a, is it obvious where there, there shouldn't be music, or is it a challenge to figure out where there should not be music? Well, it is a it is a huge part of the process. Um, you know, there's this there's this event in the life cycle of a film called the spotting session, and that's where a director, or in this case, directors, sit with the composer, and they go through the film scene by scene, sometimes frame by frame, and talk about where music should be, where it shouldn't be, something about the tone of it and things of that nature. So um, it is an ongoing process. Sometimes we have music in a place and after living with the film for a while, we all go, you know, we really shouldn't be playing there. And sometimes it's just the opposite. We didn't plan on putting any music in a scene. And after seeing the film move along in its editorial process and all, we all look at each other and go, Ah, we need to do something here. So it's a very kind of dynamic, ongoing process um, as we score. And you, you've written so many beautiful themes, from from enchanting themes to very heroic, muscular uh, scores like Endgame. And I'm curious when you're when you're doing a score like Endgame, is it a challenge to to modulate it so that it doesn't overwhelm the drama but but instead complements it 
Well, you know, um, I think the the key to that, or the key to being successful um, in that endeavor, really goes back to the filmmakers. Um, Joe and Anthony um, really did an amazing job, along with the writers and and our editor um, Jeffrey Ford, an amazing job of modulating. It's a perfect word to describe it modulating the, the tone of the film. Um, and that, of course, applies to everything from action to quiet to sonically, to loud sonic moments and quiet moments. So um, for me, I have to really just follow their lead and just try to be appropriate with how they're moving that that film tonally um and uh again you know if the filmmakers are really doing it beautifully it makes that part of it very simple for me mm. you've um, your themes are so um so legendary in my life uh i i feel like i've lived with your music for most of my life which in fact i have and i've interviewed a lot of composers over the years and i remember one composer told me that uh, they loved themes as well. They heard in terms of the thematic qualities of, of the music that they scored. But they w have been told lately by studios that they don't want themes, that they feel that themes are antiquated somehow. Have you been confronted with that at all? Yes, in a sense I have. Um, you know, I think... I think the film uh, world goes through cycles, um, and I think there are trends, and there are even things we could say are fads. Um, and clearly, um, there have been spans of time where the idea of a theme has just not seemed to be in fashion. It was very interesting because when I was called to do um, the original Captain America, one of the first things I was told by Joe Johnson and Kevin Feige was, we want a really strong orchestral theme for Captain America. And a lot of composers were not hearing such things when they were walking in to meet directors back then. So, um, you know, that's kind of how that works out. It's a very true statement this composer um, made to you. Um, you could have a director who will just, for whatever reason, not want an identifiable theme. Again, for whatever reason, it may be distracting or however they view their film. The, the real bottom line is the director is the one who needs to guide all of these cinematic elements to some kind of coherent, cohesive whole. And that's, that's a directorial decision. And if that's what the director wants, the composer has to do their best to, to give them their vision through music. Yeah. And when you're dealing with, with Endgame, you, you had to have known going in that this is likely to be one of the biggest movies of all time. 
and and the the level of 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 fandom surrounding this series is just unheard of um was that did that those kinds of stakes did it empower you or did you kind of have to put that out of your mind and deal with the task at hand um yeah i would say mostly the latter it 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 scared the heck out of me is what it did and <laughs> You know, I've thought about this now. I mean, you do have to find a way to, to work through your fear. And, and usually it has to do with having something you're more afraid of. And in my case, I was more afraid of not getting the job done. And it was so much work to do um, in what seemed to be so little time that I didn't have enough time to worry about the crazy amount of pressure um, but it's true, and it's very interesting because I, I've had the great opportunity of working on some films that could be considered iconic. Uh, let's say something like Back to the Future or something like Forrest Gump. And in both of those cases, I remember the, the filmmakers, and myself included, kind of feeling like, we were we were making a good movie, um, and we thought audiences would like these movies, but we had no idea whether they would be successful or not um, in the world. This is very different, and you described it perfectly. We knew going into Infinity War and Endgame that these were potentially some of the biggest cinematic um, events ever. And we just understood that and knew that. And it was a lot of pressure. I mean, I, I marveled, no pun intended, at watching um, Kevin Feige and Joe and Anthony Russo kind of, you know, walk through the cinematic process and kind of keep their heads screwed on and, you know, kept their eye on the ball and, and dealt with that pressure in an amazingly elegant way.
another interesting thing about your work in these Marvel films is obviously the, the films themselves, they have an arc. Uh, and here in Endgame, Endgame we've reached a, a conclusion. But um, I find the same arc present in your music. I mean, your music tells, tells a story in a kind of an arc as well. And I wanted to bring that back to another film that you just mentioned, which is Back to the Future where you had a trilogy of films that allowed you uh, a lot of versatility because all three films were so distinct. Um, it, and is it, is it a challenge for you to, to find what makes each film distinct and, and which elements need to remain to recall the previous installments? I don't know if well, that question makes sense. <laughs> no, it makes, it, makes, it makes complete sense. And I did Avengers 1, 3, and 4. And I, as you say, I did Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. In, and in all those cases, um, really two cases, um, it, it was very clear to us that we had um, established something in the first Back to the Future film and in Avengers 1. Um, a theme had been set up. Certainly characters had been established. Um, and so we knew that it just made great narrative sense to bring some of that sensibility forward and keep it present in the future iterations of the ongoing story. That being said, in both cases, the Back to the Future trilogy and Avengers, we also knew there were going, there were going to be new things as we went along. Doc was going to fall in love, and uh, Tony Stark was going to die, and mm. they were going to require us um, not looking for something from the past, but finding something that was designed for these new um, narrative moments in, the, in the, the arc of these films. So it's a great question, and mostly it works itself out. The interesting thing is we found it all agreed on, um, on the Avengers films that it's tempting to go to that Avengers theme because it had become so established and recognizable. And the problem with that is that a little of that goes a long way, and you could find yourself in a situation where you were abusing something by mm -hmm. overusing it. And so we were very mindful in Infinity War and Endgame about where we would use that Avengers theme because we did not want to kind of depower it by overusing it. I think that's such a great point because if you did overuse it, it would absolutely dilute its power, I think. And, absolutely. Uh, so that, that was very smart. I, I just wanted to ask one more question about Back to the Future, and then I'll, I'll let you off the hook. Um, sure. Because something occurred to me. Your theme for Back to the Future, as you mentioned, is, has now become iconic, just like the films themselves. And and they're so those scores are so rousing, and and you just you just feel like you're on top of the world listening to them. And yet, when you look at Back to the Future, 
it's really and feels like it it's an intimate domestic movie you have hit the nail on the head there it is the great paradox of back to the future and i love the fact that you have talked about that my very first meeting with robert zemeckis was on the set of the fish under the sea dance the enchantment under the sea dance it was the biggest shoot um, in terms of extras in the film and in the midst of the chaos um, he he turned to me and he, he put his hands extended high above his head and he said al it's got to be big it's got to be big and he was so aware of the fact that he didn't have any big shots in the movie it's exactly the way you describe it it's all intimate the clock tower was shot on the back lot at universal and we're in rooms and cars and houses um there isn't a david lean moment in any of the fit well we got a little sense of it in the western you know mm -hmm. in back to the future three but in back to the future one it was a very small visually very small film and so we went in the opposite direction because it was a big story it was a heroic story it was about great love it was about great adventure it was about the unknown it was time travel ticking clock and so we played it that way and it was a you know humongous orchestra and the 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 combination seemed to work but it's fantastic that you you saw that because i've actually never had anyone talk to me about that you're the first one after all this time oh wow well i'm i'm privileged uh i i just got to tell you before i let you go your uh, i want to thank you because your music has enriched my life enormously and i i, I hope that we can do this again sometime I would love it any time, and it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.